Hello, I'm Graham King and welcome to Headbolts, a podcast in which I speak to interesting people about cars. This week, my guest is star of social media and YouTube and freelance motoring journalist who can be found pretty much everywhere, Alex Goy. Hello. Yes, I can be found in lots of places, largely because, as I was once described, I am a prostitute with a pen. Yeah, uh, I, <laughs> I, I, I tried counting up the, um, all the outlets you're in, and I lost count somewhere around eight. Um, hang on. If I go to my document, this is incredibly uh, smoke-blowy up bottomy. If I go to my <laughs> document, uh, so this is, this is classically, since I went freelance, uh, auto trader not so much anymore auto classics god rest its soul business insider uh car magazine car spain car faction uh drive tribe driving.co.uk electrifying.com evo uh food tribe haggerty honest john jalopnik uh Mo- oh no motorsport i never that was just a pitch uh motor one boo motoring research uh, Private Most Club, Road and Track, Roadshow, uh, the IMI's Most Pro Magazine, Stuff in New Zealand, The Telegraph, The Drive, The Sun, uh, uh, Wired, and Yes Auto. And there's some other stuff in there that people don't know about. <laughs> yeah, that's quite a list. Now, see, th- this this freelance thing kind of fascinates me. Um, it's It suits some people, it doesn't suit others. You've been doing it, what, three years now? Yeah, three years. It was the twenty. I went freelance on the twenty eighth of February, twenty eighteen. Um, Before then, you'd basically just been an employee for the last few years, hadn't you? At Car- so yeah, I because I, I I tried to become a motoring journalist in two thousand eight, which you may remember is when all the money fell off. Mm. Uh, there was there, there was no money, so I was an intern uh, for two thousand eight. So I think two thousand and ten. Um, and I was, you know, I was, I was going around to Auto Car and Auto Express, and I did the circuit that you did back then. Um, and then I'll, ne- I'll never forget the phone call. I was working for this website called iMotor, which was this virtual magazine. There was a, there was a time in the distant, distant past uh, before the iPad when uh, someone came up with this idea of like, well, it's like a magazine, but it's on your computer. So you press the button and you drag the page over, and it was a really cool thing. And iMotor was that, but cars, and it was run by people familiar with the internet it was run by Matt Watson and I was his intern um, and he I watched him present and went I want to be able to do that um, but yeah so I was I was working for him and I'll never forget the phone calls it was at 2009 pretty much I was sort of getting bits of work here and there but not lots um, and then 2010 I think I get this uh, I was doing some work for Piston Heads for their performance car show when they when they did one when they they and Autosport were in, under the same umbrella and um i was in their office and the phone rings and it's matt and he says look mate we need you to come into the office can you can you sort something out and i'd made the decision i was going to be freelance i'd been so many places had used my words for free and so many places had kind of kept calling me to say can you come back can you come back i was like well clearly i'm doing something right because i needed or i'm wanted um and then yeah so i said to matt look i i'd love to i really love iMotor because I, I i did like i i've been very fortunate in that 99% of the projects I've been involved in, I've adored. And I said, I love iMotor, I love working for you, like I love the opportunity that, that, that it can produce, but I do need to be paid now I've gone freelance. Uh, and, uh, and he went, 
oh, I'm so proud of you. I'm so pleased you've made that decision. It's it's like the best thing you could do. Like it's a real step forward for you. And I went, so can you pay me? He went, no, and put the phone down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, so I was, I was, I was freelance uh, on not much money at all uh, from 2010 till 2012. And then I started picking up more regular clients. Like I did, um, I was hired by MSN cars to go in to cover Geneva for them. And that three days turned into like a six month trip of being in their office Monday to Friday, which was just mega. I ended up doing cars. I did celebrity. I was their music editor for a month. I did travel, the finance stuff. I couldn't get my head around. I did tech. Um, it's weird. I keep, I, I kept bumping into uh, outside Xboxes, Jane Douglas everywhere. So I, I was, I was when she left MSN, I covered for her uh, while they found her replacement, and then she went to CBS where I went uh, for for XCar, and then she was on GameSpot, and then shortly after she left to do <laughs> outside Xbox. I have yet to. It, it seems like uh, I'm I'm if if I join the company she's at, she leaves. I don't know what that says about me, <laughs> but <laughs> I like Jane. She's great. Uh, she's an actual rocket scientist. Wow. Uh, she's proper, proper clever. She's ace. Anyway, sorry. So yes, I have sort of been freelance. I, I, I was sort of freelance before. And then, yeah, I, I got picked up for a job at uh, a place called Spider Red Spy, which I don't think they do uh, editorial anymore. And I was there for about five months and then joined CBS and started XCAR. Or started. Was it part of the team that started XCAR? Mm. Now, and then, that was, then that's like eight years, no, six years of full-time employment. Yeah, yeah. And now with uh, being freelance full-time and evidently very successfully, um, I've always wondered, because I'm not, uh, the, the, the freelance thing sort of doesn't necessarily sit with me very well, because I always like to know, you know, that I'm going to have yeah. the, my, my paychecks coming in for a set amount every month. That's what I mm. like. Um, that's sort of one aspect of the freelance thing, but the it it's just finding the places for your output to go to that seems to be by far the biggest part of the job when you're a freelancer. Yeah, man, it's um, it's it, it, it's a strange one because there are some there are some places I just won't bother trying. Um, like I just know they're closed off to me uh maybe me in particular or maybe freelancers in particular i'll just be like no no i'm not even gonna bother not even gonna try um which that approach i i think has, has wound a few people up when stuff they might have wanted ended up in other places um but it's a matter of kind of knowing people um and having met them and they sort of once once they know what you're capable of say you know uh, a, a decent road test is you know, something a lot of people can do, but maybe an interview with this person or something on this topic or, uh, or an opinion piece on this or that or this or that. Um, it's a matter of being, you know, a safe pair of hands for what they, what they, they want. Uh, something that isn't necessarily easy enough to do outside of, of their, uh, sorry, inside their particular outlet, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, so how, do, how does it normally work? Do you sort of get a, an idea for a piece of content or you get invite, invited to a launch and then you go and find an outlet for it or do they come to you with ideas um it depends all of the above right <laughs> um, 
all of the above c all of the yeah above. uh yeah it's looking at my i've got a big whiteboard next to me so for one of my clients for yes auto for example i'm on a retainer so they want two pieces of content a month and so long as it's not terrible they're happy um so i try and find something that fits them it's a little bit of me because there's a lot of people doing a road test of for example um bmw m3 the uk launch is going on now um, yeah. I drove it yesterday. I know yes, auto have someone there uh, from from the from the team. So if I'm going to cover that for them for for my retained thing, it has to be something different uh, yeah. to kind of make it sing for its supper. Because there's no point. There's, it's it's a waste of their time and their money if they've got two people writing about the same thing. It's just pointless. Yeah. Uh, whereas for someone like GQ, um, who I'm, I've never thought I would ever end up writing for. I am not yeah. a GQ man. Um, or didn't think I was anyway. Um, you know, it's a, a matter of thinking, okay, what would stand out to the GQ audience? So I've done all kinds of cars like uh, recreated Ferrari 250 short wheelbases, uh, Ian Callum's Vanquish, I'm doing a series of um, kind of retro reviews at the moment of like what makes these cars important mm -hmm. um, and why they're, why they're worthy of your attention. So the first, the first lot of five were like, what did we do? We did S1 Elise, we did uh, Lotus Carlton, Merc 450 SEL. Um, oh, I always miss one of them. It, it does my head in because it's a really good one as well. Oh, Audi RS2. There we are. Mm -hmm. um, but it's, yeah, it's, it's a matter of finding which content works where and then thinking, right, then dropping them an email saying, I've got this, do you want it? Mm -hmm. um, and if, if they, the, one of the most frustrating things is that sometimes you send someone a thing saying, because let's say, say I've got like three days notice for an event and you send send someone an email going, I've got this, do you want it? And then they don't bother replying. Yeah. This is kind of urgent because this is, it's not the difference between eating and not, but it's the difference in actually getting decent coverage for, for me. Because of course, every, everything you do has to, has to, 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 to use an expression I haven't heard in a long time, to wipe its ass. So <laughs> I've got to... You know, if, if, it's a, if it's a launch, for example, can't do it for one client because that's the fuel there and back, pretty yeah. much. So you've got to do it for kind of a couple of people in different ways and kind of make, make it work for you. Yeah. Yeah, well, it certainly seems uh, like um, it, it, it's not lacking in variety, certainly. <laughs> yeah. Well, variety is a spice of life. I get easily bored. Uh, I have a, at the moment I have a middling to do list because I sort of haven't, I sort of forgot to book any work in for March. Right, which is great. Uh, yeah, because because that's when the tax all comes in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, so I, I've I've got bits going on, but I need to put put my uh, put my pitching trousers on. Um, but I'm having tomorrow off because I'm knackered. Yeah, uh, yeah. Now you mentioned the um, BMW M3. Um, as we're doing uh -huh. this, it's Wednesday, the tenth of March. Um, the embargo on the M3 was lifted uh, this morning, I think it was. Uh, you drove it yesterday. What did you make of it? I drove it yesterday. I drove the M3 and the M4, both competitions. So the UK doesn't get um, UK doesn't get uh, non-comp spec cars because sales mix of the last one like no one was no one was buying the standard one why would they bother yeah um we also uh, that means we don't get a manual um because yeah i think you can only get that in the non-comp spec cars but yeah. again talking to bmw 
Yeah. Uh, the sales mix uh, towards the end of the last generation car's life was uh, also to manual. Less than 1% of people who bought MCAS spec to manual. So yeah. that's the point in them even, even thinking about it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's, you know what, it, it, it's, it's, it's a pretty sweet motor. I haven't read much of what anyone else has said, largely because I've been doing other things today um, that are sort of, I was doing life admin and I've, I was doing stuff. So um, I don't, no. so yeah, I'm not entirely sure how in step with everyone else I am, but um, it's bloody quick. It's 503 horsepower, which is just silly. 460 something pound foot, not to 60 in less than four um you can have it spec to do 180 miles an hour it's mm -hmm. massive mm -hmm. it feels really big mm -hmm. um and the routes they had us going around yesterday were sort of country lanes and there were some points where i thought oh god I'm, i feel quite fat too much too much ham during corona this is bad <laughs> um i've become i've become an orb of car um and i've uh, the, the, the power it puts its power down really nicely um you know i didn't i know it has a drift mode i was on public roads i'm not that kind of arsehole like i i don't do skids on public roads it's not not cool um but i did play with m dynamic mode which is present and correct and felt pretty good the car does move around a little bit it's communicative when it does it which helps um steering's a bit light for my taste uh, even in m mode when everything's sort of set to angry and it's all aggressive. Mm -hmm. um, and the interior, the, the cars I drove yesterday had all the carbon specced. And so it's yeah. all very, it's all very chintzy and new money. And I don't What's know. going on with that sort of lump between your legs on the seats? No idea. You know what? The seats hold many mysteries. So first <laughs> there's this, there's this sort of carbon fiber shaft tray, which I think is just wishful thinking for people that buy it because no one is that well endowed, that well endowed outside of the <laughs> valley. Um, which that, that's just strange, but the seats themselves, they've got loads of holes in them. Right. Like, so they're like racing bucket seats. Yeah. So there's like, you can, it's got holes for four point harnesses and stuff like that. But this, the, the, the bolsters by your legs also have holes in them and they're really rigid and I'm quite small. So I sit with the seat quite close to the um, quite close to the wheel mm -hmm. because I'm 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 sort of longish of leg or well, sh shortish of leg and longish of body, mm -hmm. which means I sort of have to sit quite close for the pedals, but then I can kind of lean back. But it yeah. means the the gap between me and the seat there's not much room, and every time I got out, I caught my leg on this bloody chair. Yeah, this is rock solid, just clipping my thigh. It was very strange. Um, yeah, I mean the thing is that the seats do look cool. They're just full of holes for some reason. Mm, yeah, <laughs> I yeah. Why. I don't know why. It can't be all in really the expensive as well. Yeah, oh yeah, almost certainly. It's like seventy-one thousand pounds in the UK. I think, yeah, yeah. Which is just just an enormous sum of money. Um, you know, uh, so yeah, it it it, it drives. It, it it's a good car. I don't think in its current state it would be one of the greats. Um, I think yeah. much like the last one, they're off to a good start and then the competition will be the absolutely blinding one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've read a few of the reviews this morning and the general feeling seems to be it's sort of, shall we say, friendlier than the last one, which was could be a bit spiky. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, the, 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 the last one had some interesting rear-end antics, which, because I, I drove it, I drove it on the launch, drove one to Le Mans, which was quite fun. 
we beached it. Um, well, my producer beached it, not me. <laughs> Lots of unimpressed French people had to push us off a lump. Um, uh, didn't, I didn't find it that spiky, but I don't drive like that. So I'm yeah. not the kind of person that kind of nails it out of a junction and goes, watch this, because there's other people that do it far better. Um, but it was a little bit firmer, a little bit wibblier wobblier. Uh, whereas the competition did fix that. What this car feels like, and I won't lie, this car feels a lot more grown up. Yeah. It feels more, um, rather than pointy and spiky and kind of let's go out and wag our tail, it feels more sort of Audi RS-y. Mm -hmm. Kind of a little bit softer, a little bit squidgier, um, and a little bit kind of less on the nose. Whereas yeah. I, I was, a few people asked, oh, what, what would you have like if you want a fun M car? I was like, I'd get an M2. Yeah, they, yeah. While they're still around, just get an M2 competition and keep it in a bubble. Yeah. <laughs> um, I suppose we have to talk about the, uh, about the uh, new car styling as well. We do. Now, I, uh, I put pictures up on various social networks. On my second screen, I'm looking at my Twitter feed and my Instagram feed is on my phone. I've been glued to that all day when I haven't been doing other things like driving. Um, thing is in the pictures, it did look awful. Um, yeah. And in the metal in a bright color. So I know BMW is insisting on launching the, the M4 in this sort of fluoro green, yellow highlighter color mm -hmm. and, uh, and the M3 in that dark green. Now, that's pretty cool. Uh, the darker colour is pretty cool, but in a bright colour, it really highlights the fact that it sort of pincers the front of the car and sort of pinches it. Like yeah. when you bite the bottom off an ice cream cone. Yeah, yeah. And it's sort of, it's not great, but in a darker colour with a black grill, it actually suits it. So the M3 I drove was a sort of beigey silver. Um, and that looked, it looked pretty smart. The M4 I drove was a navy blue. And again, it looked, it actually looked quite good. But I think yeah. it's because the, the details weren't quite thrown out as in, uh, thrown out and in your face. Yeah, Whereas, yeah. you know, with the, with the fluoro car, it's just, it's a bit much. Yeah, yeah. It's just it's a bit, bit worth, I, I never really objected to the uh, grills as, as much as other people do. Um, maybe because I kind of, I kind of get what they're, trying to do with it i mean as i understand it the whole bmw huge grill thing at the moment is mostly driven by the chinese market yeah and the thing is that's where the money is we don't have yeah. any money here like it's it's all it's all well and good uh bmw going oh well you know the uk is a brilliant market for for the m3 yeah but a brilliant market could be we're like third or fourth on the list but if third sells 400 cars and first sells 30,000, then obviously yeah. you're going to cater for them. The interesting thing is I interviewed uh, BMW's uh, head of exterior design at the LA Motor Show two years ago now, 18 months ago, the last one you could have and be there in person. Mm -hmm. um, and his view on it, the, the piece is on driving.co.uk somewhere. Um, his view on it, because it, it was just after, the um or after the four series grill had been leaked mm -hmm. or had been revealed and everyone was like oh my god what is that hideous thing oh um and yeah we, we interviewed interviewed him and what he said was he said i don't care like, yeah we made we made for years i was i was going to these 
I was going to these events and the, we were launching a new five series and the journalists would say, oh, you launch the same thing every time. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, all we're doing is we're releasing the same car over and over and over and over again. And customers are getting bored. We're getting bored. Journalists are getting bored. We want to make a splash. Mm -hmm. And he was saying when he worked for Citroen, he caused a, it like they, it was a really exciting time for design because they were just doing whatever the hell they wanted because mm -hmm. they were Citroen and they could, and it was expected. And he's like, we're not going to please everybody. We can't please everybody, but at least we're going to get people talking about it. And the people who want to be in our cars will be in our cars. They'll yeah. still drive the same. We'll still have the, the hallmarks and what have you. What he did say was quite interesting. is like, so yeah, we've got this Hoffmeister kink. It's really important. So what? Why can't yeah, we do yeah. that? Like, why can't we do this thing? Yeah, the kidney grills. Yeah, so what? Let's change them. Yeah. Um, so, you know, they, they, they've, they've gone the interesting angle with the IX concepts that is that that is objectively foul uh, <laughs> but the the m3 and m4 like i think i think it's going to grow i'm not sure whether it'll do a bangle mm -hmm. uh, someone said the other day like oh well i know i'm i i I, th I think this is a bit bangly and i think it'll grow on us um i mean i it would be cool if it did i don't think it will i think the bangle car was was not acceptable in its own individual way but it didn't mess with the hallmark stuff yeah yeah um I think for uh, for 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 this e th this era of cars is going to be an interesting, a very interesting one. It'll def they'll definitely stand out. Whereas the Bangle car now, it's like, oh, the Bangle cars. Yeah, it did that six series. Yeah, right, it's a bit weird. It did that seven series. It's aged remarkably well. And the five yeah, series, yeah. which is the one where everybody lost their mind. It's a really good looking car. Yeah, <laughs> it especially is. Especially the state. It's a really good looking car. The guy yeah. knew his stuff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I think uh, moving on, um, I've noticed um, Formula One testing uh, starts. I think it's later this week. Um, mm. You're looking forward to the season? I, uh, I, I do not watch Formula One. I'm one of those people who just, because uh, a, lo a lot of people assume that, oh, you like cars, therefore you must like motorsport in all its forms. Um, I'm very glad that the, the men in pyjamas are allowed to get back on uh, uh in their in their motor cars and go around in wobbly circles uh i'm very pleased i congratulate lewis hamilton on his eighth world title in advance <laughs> um but it it holds no interest in me whatsoever i am curious to see how aston martin does mm -hmm. um largely because skin in the game I, I i like i always support the british car if it's british hand-built and wonky which most formula one cars are tag me in uh -huh. um so yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to see, seeing what Aston does. Uh, I hope Vettel wins, largely because I want to see a bald man in the Aston Martin win a prize. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, where has Vettel's hair gone? <laughs> well, what happens over time, Graham, as I'm sure you can appreciate, is that sometimes men lose their hair. Oh uh, well, yeah, I mean, it, it's probably a good thing uh, people can't see this because we're both white guys in our mid-30s with shaved heads and glasses. Right? Yeah, and yeah, we are a stereotype. Um, <laughs> sitting in our respective bedrooms talking about cars on the internet yeah <laughs> oh god if only they could see us now graham yeah um, <laughs> nah, uh so yeah like vettel vettel was snapped being a bold person uh and i re i really enjoyed that lots of people are like oh my god what's happening to his hair and i'm like having hair doesn't isn't the end of the world we're no. people too yeah <laughs> 
Oh well, no, I'm, I'm, I'll, I'll, I'll be watching it. I think on on Twitter because that's the best time to do it. You just sit and doom scroll on the Sunday afternoon and watch people yeah. go, "Oh no, how could that happen?" And then again, you congratulate Lewis Hamilton on his win and get on with your day. Yeah, I mean personally, I, I drop in when it's uh, when I've not got anything else to do that day. But I'm not one of those people who um, follows it with uh, sort of with a with a microscope. Looking at every single aspect of it, I respect people that do, and you know, if 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 that's your thing, more power to you. But um, I've always been more into cars with roofs. I like ones that look like something you see on the street. Race cars that look like race cars. Uh, Yeah, which is why you know the upcoming Le Mans hypercar class is going to be really mega because they. Oh yeah, definitely. Cars. I mean, a vague approximation of an car, but you've got. Porsche and Ferrari and Toyota and Peugeot and Glickenhaus and that lot, they're all going to be there. It's going to mm-hmm. be mega. Hopefully Aston Martin will rock up because Valkyrie would be perfect for it. Pardon me. Because Valkyrie would be perfect for it. I do wonder if McLaren will, but I mean, they have the Ultimate Series cars. Senna or, or an approximation thereof uh, would be pretty good for it or whether there's a successor to p1 coming i mean we know there is because they're a car company that makes fast cars of course there'll be another ultimate this but you know i i I think it's that's going to be a far more exciting race series um and you know there's just there's better battles at the moment whereas you know f1 is who's got the most money who's got the bigger cash knob to throw at their car yeah i mean le mans fascinating i i usually only watch sort of the last few hours of it because the battles that raged at the start of the race are still raging on at the end of the race. <laughs> been at it all yeah. day. Now, you see, the fun thing about Le Mans is I've, so I've, I've been to, I've been lucky enough to go a couple of times um, and sit in a big kind of ivory tower where someone brings you booze and, and <laughs> in one case, and in one case, cigars. It was amazing. Um, <laughs> It ruined Le Mans for me. I was sat on a balcony at the at the Ford Chicane, and a man bought me scotch and the fattest cigar I've ever seen. I just sat and watched cars go around. This is bloody lovely. Um, the, the the trick with Le Mans is try and watch the whole thing. Mm-hmm. So start start at three. Start with the flag going. If you like, sleep in as long as you can. And the temptation, because you're if you're there or if you're watching it on on the telly temptation is to board the beer train really early like oh mm-hmm. there's racing racing going on it's a nice warm day sod it let, let, let's crack out a beer you realize it's six o'clock way too early mm-hmm. because by the time by the time you're through your first or even second crate if you're a hardened drinker it's one in the morning you're hammered and won't be able to stay awake mm-hmm. and then you sort of get a few hours horrible broken sleep and wake up at a normal hour exhausted still drunk dehydrated mm-hmm. um and all you really want to do is not watch loud cars go round in circles. Yeah. And then, and then you catch up and then you sort of remember what happened before and you kind of uh, slow me together. So you need to look after yourself. But it's, it's, well watch, it's well worth watching from the start. It really, really is. I think it's, it's, it's proper good motorsport. And the accidents are great because no one, no one dies, but they're really spectacular. Yeah. Yeah, it's one of those things. I've been trying to get to it um, in person for... 20 years but never quite managed it one way or another i really do need to make an effort to to get this year it's it's one of those things that is just it's 
just the best. Like it's it's like Reading Festival, but for cars. I mean, I've yeah. not done the Nurburgring, which I'm told is even even madder. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, Le Mans is mega. It's it's so good. You have to take a lot of money because everyone fleeces you for everything. Yes, absolutely everything. Uh, but if you uh, if if anyone does make it out there, it's eight p.m. at the Guinness Tent uh in the village is where the gareth jones on speed podcast lot end up and we mm-hmm. always are smashed and have a yeah. good time <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of gareth jones on speed i was uh listening to uh one of them uh recently and you mentioned you're big into lego i'm huge Look. into lego there's lots of it behind me and everything it's really far away, far away on the camera. But yes, I, I do like Lego. I think it's great. Yeah, I've, I collect the um, Speed Champions. I didn't, uh, only caught up to them fairly recently. Uh, um, but I buy every single one that comes out now. It, it's weird. It's just kind of, it's almost an addiction, I find. I have to have some Lego to do periodically. <laughs> so the, 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 the deal with the Speed Champions... So someone, someone for you to interview in future is a bloke called Craig Callum. Mm-hmm. Craig Callum, you'll find him on Instagram. Uh, C for Craig. Craig designed all of the Speed Champions until they went double width. Mm-hmm. That was his job. He designed Lego. Yeah. And I, I was asking him like, you know, they're just they're just the right price. They're always convenient. There's stuff I know. They doesn't they don't take long. Like he was like, yes, we designed them like that. We made them yeah. cheap and easy and convenient, so middle-aged <laughs> men like you could do something and. Uh, impulse purchase something at the supermarket and i was like man you've got me nailed <laughs> yeah <laughs> me too I, fi- yeah. I find them uh, a very good way of uh, killing a sunday morning when there's nothing else to do yes yeah i think i've i've run out of i've run out of lego to build i was going to buy myself the 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 big porsche but it's my birthday very soon and my mother has bought me the db5 but it hasn't arrived yet Right. Uh, which is, which, it was going to be my weekend, but uh, it can't be because it's not here. Boo. That makes me sad. Yeah. The only issue I've got now is that I've pretty much run out of uh, space. space? For them. Yeah. Yeah. I need to buy a new sideboard um, to go about there. So there's more room for Lego and books and the things I actually have an office for. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, do you collect anything else? I get, I, collect hot wheels and matchbox and all no see i i was tempted to um the the temptation is always there but it's one of the things where i know i don't have the space yeah and if i started like i live in a in a in a in a three room flat um when it's full it's full there's no loft i can't there's a cupboard but that's full of a vacuum cleaner and two dead car batteries which i must get rid of um (laughs) but you know i've i've got uh, I, I need space for for reference books and for helmets and you know stuff to do work with and stuff yeah. to manage my business and things like that with which yeah so I'd love to but I've I've run it I so I my, my flatmate moved out of my place in 2019 so I turned my spare room into an office which is great but I've already filled it with crap and we're like less than two years in yeah good one Goy well done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I've got very much the same issue. I, I live in a shared house. I've got one fairly small room in a shared house, so there's only uh, so much stuff you can get in there. And it's, I saw... it's the eternal struggle of, I want so many toys, and I'm old enough to afford them. What's going on? Help. Oh, no, my house is full of tad. Like I've, I've yes. taken, so during, during lockdown, because I've 
I love art and I love pictures and like supporting artists. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, I, I make no secret that I'm I'm good mates with Ian Cook. Um, yeah. So I, my house, my house at, at, at certain points becomes either quite a full or quite an empty Ian Cook gallery mm-hmm. of stuff. Um, mm-hmm. um, but so over lockdown, I kept like finding these like independent artists or people who were just starting out or people that did cool stuff uh, who didn't sell art for silly money. It's not mm-hmm. like five thousand pound pieces or anything like that. But you know. 50 quid here and there um, and you get an A3 print of something really cool. Mm-hmm. Like, and so I've got loads of that in tubes. Yeah. Uh, so now I, I, I don't collect toys. I collect tubes with pictures in them. <laughs> <laughs> Here's one. Another one. Another yep. one. Yeah. <laughs> Just hundreds of tubes. I can't do anything with this stuff because I can't get to a framer. No. <laughs> which is like the most middle-class problem I know. I, yeah. just, I just heard myself say that. But yeah, there's, <laughs> there's, 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 there's no way to, to, to frame any of this stuff. Like at least with Lego, you can build it and bin the box. Yeah, yeah. And I am one of those people. I do throw away the box. I don't understand people that don't do that. When I'm done with the Lego, it can all go in a big box for a child. You can then yeah. do whatever they want with the Lego. Well, um, I think we'll start bringing this into land. I've got a bit of a Q&A that I'm going to uh, ask every guest. Um, first question, what was the uh, first car you ever drove? Not the one, first one you owned, the first one you drove. It was my childminder's boyfriend's Mark IV Escort near a, in Cromer somewhere. Admittedly, I was just doing the steering. I wasn't doing the pedals. I was really small. <laughs> what was the first car you did the whole thing in? Uh, my mum's Rover Metro. Was that the car you learned how to drive in? Yes, it was. It was, it was my first car. It was dreadful. <laughs> <laughs> it was awful, awful bit of awful bit of engineering. But yes, it was. Uh, it, it it did me well for the time I had it. Yeah, I I didn't actually drive any car until uh, I actually started learning. Um, properly um mine was a a, a p reg 1.25 fiesta um no power steering on it um my instructor was so old school that um when he needed a new car he couldn't get one without power steering so he retired as a driving instructor (laughs) (laughs) it's it's is it is it is it me or is it the children who are wrong it is the children who are wrong (laughs) yeah um next one um now you've driven all over the world and the uk um where have you come across roads that you've thought these are absolutely amazing and no one seems to know about them um I don't think I have, to be honest. Like, there's bits of Portugal that's just stunning. Like, if you keep... So a a lot of car launches happen around Lisbon because it's always warm and the roads are fairly empty, especially around Cascais and Sintra. So if you ever want to go car spotting when the world opens again and want to see some really new stuff, just hide in the hills around Sintra, Mm -hmm. uh, which is about an hour and a bit outside of Lisbon. Um, But if you drive north from Sintra and just keep the sea to your left... Mm-hmm. Like the roads there are brilliant and it's just teeny, 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 tiny little villages and no one around. Yeah. Mega. You can, you, you, you can have a bit of a play and no one cares. And it's Portugal and it's like the most laid back place in the world. Yeah. Yeah. 
I I find uh, I mean, I've I've driven fairly far and wide, um, but I've found the best roads I know are pretty much on my doorstep in Yorkshire. Oh yeah, uh, the Yorkshire Wolds, Vale of Pickering, uh, Howardian Hills, that sort of area. There's, there's tell you what, man, bad the, one the among vale them. of the Vale of Pickering. Vale of like Pickering. Something. It, it it just it just sounds like something you'd find in a in a in a Dungeons and Dragons campaign. And oh, uh, the, the 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 voyagers did arrive at the Vale of Pickering. Having played D D quite a bit, I might have to suggest that to some friends. Right, guys, we're going to go to the Vale of Pickering. <laughs> Fantastic. I mean, Pickering's a lovely little village on the edge of the Yorkshire Moors, and um, it's just and it has a veil, which suggests mystery. Yes, it, it's just it's just like a low-lying valley that it's in, but it, it, it's a really nice part of the world, and the roads around there are spectacular, and certainly up in the Wolds, there's hardly ever, ever anyone there. So uh, certainly with the current times, international travel being a bit trickier, if you want to find some good roads closer to home, that sort of bit of Yorkshire is, is a very good place to go. Yeah, oh yeah. Especially the Vale of Pickering. <laughs> um, is there uh, one card that you don't get that everyone seems to like, but you just don't understand? Uh, oh, hang on. Uh, there are a few. Uh, classic 911s. Yeah. Don't get it. Really don't get it. The brakes don't work. The arse swings out. That's not a good experience. That's that's bad. Mm -hmm. I, I want the brakes to work, and I want the arse to not fly out anytime I do anything. Mm -hmm. Oh, you, you've got to learn how to drive it. It's a car. Car should drive like car. Can be <laughs> variations on theme, but not will spin if you look at it funny. Like the gearboxes <laughs> are all naff. The brake, yeah, the oh, it's just. I know I should like it. But I, I just don't like I've 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 had a go in a few and I've had a go in some like super super souped up ones. I've had a go in some fairly pared back 70s race car and I it just I just don't get it. I really want to. Like the shape is beautiful, the sound is evocative, like I get that, I understand that. And seeing those five dials in front of you is is one of life's great joys. If you ever get to experience it, it's just beautiful. And then you drive the thing and it's just effort it doesn't work properly it doesn't ah mm. oh, just i don't understand and i if you if you want to if, if that's what if if that means i have to be sent to the gallows fine um <laughs> i will stick with my back to front bathtub <laughs> <laughs> um what's your favorite um car film i'll add an addendum to that not necessarily car film but at least uh, film that cars feature fairly he heavily in, like Bullet. It's not a car film, but there's obviously the car chase. But Bullet is a terrible film. It's just, and, it's, and if you watch the chase now, it's a bit of a crap chase as well. Um, but no, so it's not Bullet. <laughs> uh, I don't want to be a cliche and say the Italian job, though I do have very fond memories of that. Actually, my favourite film that is Cars, um, or the, a fa favourite film that has cars in it, is Cars. Mm. It's uh, Pixar, Pixar's cars for two reasons. Uh, the first is my late cousin, before she died, kept saying she really wanted to do a road trip on Route 66 mm -hmm. um, and never got to do that. And two, 
the fact that it got 66 and the culture on it so right mm-hmm. um and the kind of those two things because after after my cousin said she wanted to do it i then saw cars and went after university we're going to go and, and do do the road mm-hmm. um and it, it it got everything like even the tiniest little details right it's 15 years old this year yeah yeah which makes me feel incredibly old uh but no i i, re- I really like that film um yeah I think because it's, uh, you know, the, the, the people behind it cared. Yeah. Uh, they, they cared about the cars. They cared about, like, the, the characterization behind them. Um, and it's, it's not one of those films where it's like, oh, we've got cars, so we're going to be manly and sweaty and oily and... It's, it's, it's a beautiful, character-driven, funny, easy-to-get-on-with, heartwarming tale. Yeah, yeah. Um... What do you think is the most complete car on sale? I've got a suspicion I know what you're going to say say to this. I mean, literally any Golf. Any Golf. Yeah, I mean, not the Mark 8 Golf, the Mark 7. A used Golf. Right. Now, see, I'm going to say Audi RS6 there. (laughs) I mean, it is. uh, the, the, The RS6 is the perfect car for everyone, so long as they have a lot of money. Yes, because you need to because tires, servicing, anything that goes wrong, fuel is ruinously expensive. Mm-hmm. Like if if you, if you want to like your 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 point and the fact that shows me how well you know me, <laughs> RS6 <laughs> is like it would be the best car ever. If I ever sire a child and find myself in a situation where I can afford to run one, it'd be like right, darling, I've sold whatever stupid sports car I have now. I've bought us a family car. It's only got 540 horsepower. Don't you worry. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I, I would love one of those. But in reality, a friend of mine, uh, he and his wife were due their first child. And he had just learned to drive. And he was like, okay, what car should I, what car should I, should, should I get? You know, that would get me, wife and child from A to B. It's safe, reliable, quick enough, has all the toys, like, Get, get your stack of money, go to Auto Trader and put it in the golfiest golf that you can golf. The newest, the biggest engine, as long as it's not a diesel, and you're fine. Um, because it does, it does all the good stuff really well. Like, it has the toys, it's got all the safety stuff on it, it's got all the, the, um, it's got all the infotainment stuff on it. If you crash, you won't instantly turn into an accordion. There's room in it. Like, it's, it's, it's our good car. Failing that, yes, an Audi RS6. <laughs> <laughs> and uh lastly uh you've got one car to keep forever you can have something sensible on the side but you've got one car unlimited budget and you're going to keep it forever my morgan three-wheeler like that's my forever car it's stupid it's 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 stupid and bits fall off it but i love it it's the best thing in the world I mean, it's it's bad to drive. It understeers and then oversteers. In the wet, I very nearly died in it last summer because it, it aquaplaned. Uh, I was forty five degrees off of straight and true. I looked right and there was a Jaguar XF. It was on the motorway. Jaguar XF grill just there, and I was like, ah, so this is how I die. Brilliant. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's not very efficient. Uh, it's not very fast. I mean, it's fast enough. It's not to sixty nine six and a bit, which is pretty brisk. But then once you once you're at sixty, it takes a while to go much further. Um, for the size, it's quite expensive to run. It's quite expensive to insure. Um, it's not practical. 
but you make friends everywhere you go. Uh, it makes happy noises. Uh, it's purple and it has a shark's face. Um, yeah, it's, it, it's, it's the best, it's, it's the best, best worst car in the world. Um, and, uh, you know, I've, I've, I've been known to, to do, um, ho uh, to host films for, for Morgan for their social media stuff, like car launches and stuff like that. Um, or unveils. Uh, and people say, oh, but you know, you, you know, you, you work, you, you work for Morgan. You can't, you can't review one. It's like, yes, but every review I, uh, every, every time I talk about my car, it is the worst car you can buy because it's awful. Like we're good here. There's no conflict of it. They're not paying me to say nice things. It's mm. crap, but it's great. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's the best thing. I love it. Um, well, I think we'll end it on that note. Um, I'd like to say thanks to my guest, Alex Goy. Uh, where can people find you on, uh, on the internet? Oh God, apparently everywhere. <laughs> yeah, um, uh, it's probably best to, to follow my social feeds, uh, which is a one goy on all the things. If I haven't met you, uh, well, uh, f f Facebook is just for close friends and family. So don't try that. Um, but uh, Twitter and Instagram and all that and Clubhouse, which someone sent me an invite to and I can't quite figure out yet. Never um, even heard of it. It's 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 like podcasts, but in real time. It's very confusing. Uh, but yeah, uh, fo follow me on A One Goy if you want to, and I tend to post work links and stuff there. Or as like today, pictures of BMWs in shadow. <laughs> mm -hmm. Cool. Well, uh, I'd uh, like to thank everyone for listening. Um, if anyone still is at this point, this is the first one of these I've done, so I apologise if it's been a bit of a struggle to get through. Um, but hey man, the, the, the first one of anything is always it's always like when you when you're figuring yourself out so if if people are listening still and they should and they should be um then uh good for you no it was great thank you for having me it's been awesome yeah thank you um you can find me on twitter um at headbolt uh same as the name of this podcast uh please like and leave a comment and please do join me again next week when i'll be talking to tyler heatley Thanks very much for listening.